Jones across midfield. Jones just waiting for somebody. Jones inside the 20 to the 10. And for the fifth time in his career, will not be stopped. Here's Grimes at a pull-up three. Patterson in the corner for three. To midcourt. That's Mark at the buzzer. It's gone! It's gone! Tremont Mark at the buzzer! They call the five slammer jammer. We are live from San Antonio, Texas, just a stone's throw away from. The uh, Alamo Dome, uh, we cannot see in the background, but we're a stone's throw away from the Alamo Dome, just 10 minutes away from AT&T Center. And man, we wish we were joining with a much better celebration, much better cause for, for celebration. And unfortunately, that will not be the case. Houston um, you know, fell to Villanova in the Elite Eight. They final score, they lost 50 to 44, really in a, an abysmal shooting night for the Houston Cougars. Um, but Akiv, thank you for joining us. I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah, you could find me on. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, you could find me at Akiv and Bazi on Instagram and Twitter. And I can work in working people. When you, when we take not how working people find you. When we think about this game, obviously the story of the game, uh, shooting Houston struggles to score tremendously from the field. And Tyler Edwards struggled. Uh, the whole team struggled. They finished one for twenty on threes. Yeah. Uh, what really? What, what were your kind of takeaways from that game? You know, a low-scoring game. If you would have said that Houston held Villanova to just fifty points at the beginning of the game, at yeah. the beginning of, uh, of the matchup, I think a lot of people would have taken. Yeah, I mean, defensively, Houston they did their job. Um, it was just a lot of what Villanova was doing on defense to kind of shut Houston down, but. I really thought Houston struggled to get into their sets and they really didn't. Um, they, it was a lot of ISO ball when I noticed when they would pass the ball around the perimeter, they couldn't really, they tried getting inside a couple of times. Um, I noticed in the second half, guys like Josh Carlton, Fabian White, very not impactful in the game. They didn't, for a lot of the game, they didn't play actually in the second half for whatever reason. Sampson maybe wanted some guys that would, you know, defend better on the perimeter, which that was another struggle that they had against this very noble team. Yeah, for sure. And when you think about this season, uh, honestly, it played out a lot like uh, the season in total because Houston – Really, Villanova built their early lead um, early in the first half, and Houston was playing catch-up the entire time. It was actually a wire-to-wire victory for, for Villanova. And, you know, I mean, Houston was never out of it. They were always in arm's length reach, and they made that run late in the second half where they cut it to two. It was 42-40, and it seemed like Houston had a chance to be able to overtake it. And let me tell you, for those that did, did go to AT&T Center, um, the, the, the fans there, they were ready to explode. And it, it just – Never uh, could explode, um, but active in terms of just the, the season overall. Because after Marcus Sasser got injured, uh, really that's that's when the expectations changed for this team. And some people uh, considered it. Uh, honestly, no, not many of them had them getting to this point. The Elite Eight 
Uh, they were just one game away from catching up what the Final Four team did last year. And those four teams were Quentin Grimes, Justin Borum, Dejan Giroux. And they were, I mean, really, there were a couple of made baskets away from getting back to the Final Four. What, what, what can you say about this season overall? Couple of baskets, couple of free throws away. So many of the uh, Houston Cougars' shots rimmed in and out. A lot of those jump shots, especially in the second half. And, you know, I noticed that um, – and then the free throws was also another thing. Kyler Edwards missed a pair early in the second half. Um, so did um, – so as well as uh, a couple of other guys who missed free throws on the team. So it, um, it just – it wasn't their night offensively for sure, but I just felt like a lot of it was credited to Villanova, putting the pressure on, on Houston's, um, uh, Houston's perimeter players. So it, it just really seemed like – Whatever Villanova was doing, the scouting report, they made sure that guys like Kyler Edwards could not get going. They would anytime, anytime some of those guys were like Kyler Edwards would drive to the basket, um, they were not they were not getting any clean looks. Same thing with uh, um, with Tajay Moore as well. He anytime he went to the basket, whenever he he seemed like our our most efficient scorer tonight, but a lot of those shots were very tough shots that he made. And that was the only thing to me that really kept them in. And some of our bigs that, you know, caught the ball um, near the near the rim were able to get the ball in the hoop. But other than that, everything else was tough for Houston. And they, it didn't seem like the same team that we were used to seeing over this uh, tournament. Yeah, when we, when we talked about uh, this matchup after um, they beat Arizona in that indie game on Thursday, uh, one of the things we mentioned for Houston, an advantage they would have been would have been the size. Uh, middle and over, their tallest player was 6'9". And early on, it just seemed like Houston couldn't take advantage of that. They tried to feed Fabian White. They tried to feed Josh Johnson. I'll grant it. I know a lot of UH fans are going to talk about the officiating because that, let me tell you, there, there were a lot of uh, questionable calls, especially down low in the post with Josh Carlton. He was called for a couple of offensive fouls, to be quite frank. Uh, they, were, they could have gone either way, and really they probably weren't. Uh, but what what you see in that matchup in terms of Houston's bigs, it, it didn't really seem like they were able to establish either uh, Josh Carlton or uh, Fabian. So, so basically, what, I mean, I was on the on, in the second half. I was on the um, opposing end uh, where the Villanova players were on offense, and I would say, you know, some of those some of those calls were very I wouldn't say questionable. They were very ticky tacky calls. Um, but from my vantage point, they were fouls, you know, to Villanova's credit. So I'm not going to take away anything from them. Definitely, it wasn't really being called the same way on both ends. But some of the calls made against Houston, they were still, I would say they're fouls, even though I have a bias. I would still, you know, admittingly say that those were calls. Now, on the matchup end, you know, any, I felt like Houston, the, the post players, like Fabian White, Josh Carlton couldn't really even, when they would get the ball inside, the Villanova players did a very good job of fronting um, Fabian and Josh Carlton, not giving them any looks. And, you know, those guys are strong. When, when you're watching them, you're, you're almost on the floor, Andy, and you could see they're very stocky. They have a lot of muscle mass on them. And versus Fabian White, Josh Carlton, they're, they're tall, you know, in terms of, like, their length. But they're not the, you know, most swole guys, you could say. Um, and then defensively, it just seemed like they were, they were trying to bring the UH bigs 
out, you know, into the perimeter, out on an island. And that was that made a big difference. And they abused those mismatches. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's actually a great point that, that Dan brought up while we were watching uh, the game. We were both sitting uh, courtside and, and – uh, for the Villanova players, even though, like you said, they weren't necessarily tall in terms of size, uh, when it came to their width, they were really pretty uh, well built. And they did a good job of building a walk to contain Josh Powell, to contain Fabian White. And uh, I think the other thing that was kind of uh, interesting and, and really gave Houston a lot of problems was how agile they were. Because especially when it was Josh Carlton and, and uh, at times Fabian White, even Jaywan Roberts, a couple of times, they were fighting on pumpics. They were jumping a lot in the air. And it was really difficult for uh, even John Crawford to stay on the floor because um, it never really seemed like he had a good matchup where Houston could keep him on the floor. And on the offensive end, the Cougars just weren't able to get him involved. Yeah, um, it felt like that. that's probably one of the main reasons that um, Coach Sampson did not play Josh Carlton as much in the second half as maybe – Houston fans would be used to seeing him play. I think he, he – I, I wouldn't say a mistake because, you know, coaches, they have their reasons for different things. But they put in Jaywan Roberts, you know, to guard some of the perimeter players. And, you know, credit to Villanova, they were really abusing that mismatch. And I think there was the one play specifically – this was to me was like almost a game changer where – and you probably would agree – was late in the second half. We made a big run. It was 40-42, I believe. And then – Colin Gillespie, yeah, he had a tough bucket, I think, on the right wing. Um, it was a mid-range shot. I, I believe Jaywan Roberts was maybe guarding him. I can't recall. But it was just that was kind of what they were doing. That was their game plan. We're going to abuse the mismatches. We're going to get Jaywan Roberts out. Uh, Reggie Chaney also, they brought, them, brought him out as well, uh, out on the perimeter. And I think that's what really caused Houston problems because all those guys – they're almost like Draymond Green type players where they're they're well built. They all can put the ball on the floor. They all have a decent, respectable jumper to where you can't just let them shoot. And Houston players, they were budding on the pump fake. And we had talked about this in the last show that Villanova was going to shoot a lot of, uh, take a, make a lot of pump fakes. And that's part of their, their game plan. And on that note, we'd like to bring in Justin Barbosa on the uh, yet-to-be-sponsored hotline. By the way, give, give credit to the Dakota East House. We are live at location. Uh, we are at a local uh, bar and restaurant grill just 10 minutes outside from uh, the AT&T Center. They were graceful enough to allow us to host the show and, and broadcast this from their location. Uh, and Justin Barbosa joining us also in San Antonio, but from an undisclosed location. Justin Welcome to the show, Justin. How you doing? Man, doing good. Just man, just sad about the loss, but it was an incredible season. Yeah, Justin, uh, we're going to take turns sharing the screen here because uh, first world problems. But uh, Justin, just in terms of you were there, and we're going to give you the we're going to give you the solo screen right now. You were there at the game. Uh, it, it always seemed, and this was a, a big point that uh, a lot of fans have made, it seemed like the, the crowd that was there, the Houston crowd that was there, uh, they were just waiting for that one run. They would either tie the game or take over the game where Houston took the lead, um, and it just never happened. And it always seemed like they were waiting for Explode. Now, the closest that they ever got was when they, they cut it to 42-40. 
Uh, but the, even then, it only seemed like Villanova had a timely basket, a timely answer. Uh, you were there. What, did you feel that in terms of the crowd as well? And, and how was the atmosphere? Absolutely. I mean, it just seemed like every time the Cougars got within six or four, I mean, Villanova just answered with another run. But, yeah, once we got to two, that was the loudest the arena was that game. I mean, I mean, Houston just basically took over that arena. I'd probably compare it to when uh, it was the Oklahoma game in 2016 for football when the Houston fans took over NRG Stadium. But, yeah, they just couldn't get that big basket to really get that crowd really going the rest of the game. But, I mean, nonetheless, it was still a fun atmosphere when it did get loud. It was pretty fun, especially when Tazi Moore to hit that shot to make it within 42 to 40. Yeah, for sure. And and obviously, of course, the headlines are going to be the one for 20 from the field uh, for Houston. Uh, what what did you feel was kind of the difference for, for the Cougars in this game? Yeah, just uh, three-point shooting and unable to hit free throws. I think we missed from maybe six or seven and Villanova, I mean, hit every single one. I mean, can't uh, got to give them credit for that. Right, for sure. And, and in terms of the season that they had, we were talking about how, you know, once – uh, Marcus Sasser went down. Uh, really, the expectations for this team changed. Uh, I mean, to be quite frank, the Christmas Eve is when the news broke that Marcus Sasser was going to be out for the season uh, with that fractured in his toe. If if people would have said then and there that the Houston, this Houston team would have gotten to the Elite Eight, um, I'm pretty sure that every single Houston fan would have taken it 10 out of 10. Now, albeit it is disappointing, and I think Calvin Sampson after the game talked about how it was disappointing for Houston in terms of the the loss, but he said that was the only thing that he was disappointed about. Uh, Obviously, of course, giving uh, kudos to to the good season that Houston had. Uh, I'm sure you can talk a little bit about um, the season as a whole and what Houston was able to accomplish, especially after, um, I mean, they were missing their best player for all the conference play and and through this run. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, when Sasser and Tremont Mark went down, I mean, I thought, like, can we even still win the conference and barely squeak into the tournament? But, you know, after all that, we still went on to win the conference, won the conference tournament. And then just to go on to the Elite A, I mean, it's just an incredible season. You know, we had to change our philosophy on offense, and we didn't really have a shot creator all season. Had to mainly rely on just team ball, passing the ball around and driving inside to the basket, making timely threes. But, but that was really the difference tonight was where we, where we really miss Marcus Sasser and his shot creation and Tremont Marcus, an extra scorer and his playmaking ability. And it was just unfortunate it came tonight in the Elite Eight. But, I mean, just got to give Kelvin Sampson credit for all this season. He did an incredible job and hope he wins Coach of the Year, you know, votes. And I think he really deserves it. For sure. And, and Justin, I'm, I'm a put you out in the studio real quick and uh Gabe, I'll, I'll bring you back in terms of um you know what what Justin just touched on right there the coaching job that that Calvin Sampson did this season um honestly uh best certainly what he does his resume has been out there that he especially for this year coach of the year uh we know his accolades um throughout his career um, and really what he's been able to establish in Houston uh, coming up next season, they're, they're going to come with a loaded recruiting class. They're going to have five-star Jarris Walker. They're going to have four-star Terrence Arsenal. Emmanuel Sharp is already on the team. And let me tell you, this is a really good experience for him to be able to watch this run in the Elite Eight. But then also he's already 
a training with Ale uh, Bishop and, and the stuff that he's put him through after his injury, the, the gruesome leg injury that he suffered in high school. Um, going forward, what can you say first about the coaching job that Kelvin Sampson did? And two, I mean, now next year's team is going to have a lot of expectations, especially after the run uh, that they made this. Yeah, can you hear me, Andy? Okay, all right, cool. We had some technical difficulties. Um, anyways, it's a, yeah, it's a live show, yeah. You know, this this is a first. We're making history out here. Yeah, so basically, um, what the job that Kelvin Sampson has done has been above and beyond. I remember this was, I believe, 20, 2015, if I'm correct. This is this is my sophomore year in college. Um, I remember eating on campus at the student center where, you know, there's Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, all that. And someone comes up to us, my, me and a couple of other friends, and it was Coach Sampson at the time telling, urging us to go to the game. And at that time, it wasn't really the, the cool thing to um, go to a UH basketball game uh, just because of their, their recent history of not winning very many basketball games. Now, it, in, in, those, in the span of two, three years, they did have a game where they had beaten the uh, University of Texas at Austin, UT Austin, which was, that was one of the highlights of, you know, my early college uh, career. It was, that was probably the pinnacle of UH's, you know, at, up until that point of the basketball program, which after that, they, they had fired that coach. They brought in Coach Sampson, and um, he really urged a lot of us to go to those games. We did, of course, um, and we saw just right after picking up guys like Galen Robinson, Rob Gray, Damian Dotson, who I, I thought the last year that Damian Dotson was with the Cougs, you know, they, the Cougs should have made the uh, NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, they, they didn't. But we saw what Coach Sampson was building. And from then on, you know, it's just everything has skyrocketed. The program, he's, he's been doing the same exact things as a, as a leader of this program. Nothing has changed since he came in except the fact that they have been getting better recruits, better transfers. Uh, players are more, they, they have bought fully into the program and all credit to Kevin Jackson. I would have never imagined or thought that in 2015 or so when you know, he was begging students almost to come, that the program would be where it's at. It's almost a dynasty right now. You know, maybe we are getting those top 100 recruits. I believe we're getting three top 100 players or so uh, next season. That's going to help tremendously. You know, if we have uh, Jamal Shedd come, come back, which he, he most likely will, that's going to, you know, that's just going to be another year under his belt to where he can become even a, a better player. So just going focus on Kelvin Sampson, the job he's done, it's just above and beyond. And to me, he's the best coach in America. Yeah, and, you know, when, when he was leading up to this NCAA tournament, every time, especially the last three seasons that I've been uh, fortunate enough to be able to cover the team, he always brings it up. And one of the big things with Kelvin Sampson is, you know, never forget where you came from. That's something that he always likes to say. And going back, like you mentioned, to the 2014-2015, we had uh, Paige and Galen Robinson on, on our show uh, last week when they, when they advanced to the Sweet 16. Galen Robinson talked about it, how, you know, whenever he went to school and I believe Fabian White uh, talked about it too during his post games. Whenever they were um, first joined the program, it wasn't necessarily the cool thing to, to be able to be on the team. Like like you said, they they were literally going out trying to recruit fans yeah. to pack in uh, Hawthorne Pavilion into what is now um, turned into Fertitta Center. And now Fabian White talked about it. You can't you literally can't walk around campus without someone uh, wearing men's basketball gear. Now uh, Jordan Brand helps a little bit. We'll, we'll give them credit. Um, 
Uh, but Justin, we're going to bring you in. And, and, and can you touch on, you know, you, you are an alumni also, so you've seen that progress. And to get from where that program was then to now, what, what can you add to that statement? Yeah, I mean, just seeing the clips of Kelvin Sampson bringing fans, like begging for fans to go to a Hoff Heinz Pavilion back then, and now almost on the nightly at Fertitta Center again, mainly sellouts each night, and the cultures is there. I mean, it's just incredible from the very beginning, from now, from back then to now, and then now the last this past weekend, we're we're selling out, you know, bringing fans to an NBA arena, basically almost nearly selling it out. It's just crazy how far what Samson's done to this program to make it a, you know, perennial, you know, final four team each year. And that's the goal for now on, you know, national title, especially with next year, we got the best recruiting class and, you know, probably UH history coming in. You got Jairus Walker, you got Terrence Arnault, hopefully Marcus Sasser coming back and absolutely Tremont Mark. It's just incredible what Kelvin Samson has built, you know, all started with the, as he says, his best recruit ever was Galen Robinson helping really build that program to what it is now. For sure, Justin, and, and as we, we come back, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's certainly that when you talk about Galen Robinson um, and that crew, uh, every time, Galvin Thompson says, West Van Black, Armani Brooks, those, Corey Davis, those were the group. Uh, they really put Houston on the map. And now it's going to be tough for, for U of H fans, I'm sure, those of you that are joining us in the comments and the chats watching us, you guys can um, can comment on how big and how hard it's going to be to see Fabian White no longer be with the program and graduate. And uh, Kelvin Sampson talked about it in, in the post game leading up to, to during the NBA tournament run. And okay, I'll, I'll let you talk about it, but I'm sure, sure this, this, team is, this team is going to look completely different. Uh, it's just going to feel different now that they don't have um, Fabian White Jr. on the on the yeah, yeah. Um, I, I totally agree. The feeling is going to be very different. You know, just Fabian, Fabian White, he spent five years with, uh, with the Houston Cougars. He obviously had that one year where he was injured. Um, but at the same time, <clears throat> yeah, I would, I'm sure Kellen Sampson and a lot of the team is going to be emotional. I, I'm almost like emotional thinking about him, you know, leaving this program and what he meant. He's obviously the most winningest player um, in uh, in Houston Cougar history, and that's that's probably one of his biggest accolades with the with the team, and as well as him developing that three point jump shot, as yeah. well. That was that was big for his development, you know, moving forward into the in the pro level um, of hoops. So yeah, definitely what Fabian. I feel like every year we keep saying this about a certain group of uh, seniors or a certain class of players. But in, in my opinion, Fabian White is a guy that is irreplaceable. You obviously had guys in the past like Rob Gray, Gary Robinson, um, and then last year, Quinnen Grimes. The year before that, Armani Brooks. Those guys are all irreplaceable. But I think Fabian White, in a way, just means so much more to the program because of he, he went through the first year. His first year was in an NCAA tournament. Um, beating uh, a team and making it into the round of 32 before they got knocked off and then progressing. And we saw slowly how he progressed as a player, how the program uh, progressed as a unit as well. You know, last year making the final four this year, very close elite eight, only losing by a couple of points to Villanova, the, cl 
the game it was a six point game, but the game I trust me it was way closer than you know some would think. So yeah, I mean he means a lot to this program. And on that note, we're gonna share uh, a video from uh, Dayon Dunlap, who is still at uh, AT and T Center. He went with a few of our on-field reporters to post-game uh, conference with uh, Kelvin Sampson, and we'll share a screen in a bit. But here's Dayon Dunlap and his video on Kelvin Sampson. The only thing I'll tell you, we'll be good again. We've got a good young player. We got Jamal Shed. He's got three more years. Um, Jawan Roberts might have been our best big today for sure. He battled in there. Um, so we've got good players coming back. We've got good players coming in. The transfer portal will be something that will be active in. So, crew uh, basketball is here to stay, man. You know, um, beating uh, Arizona, you know, it took a lot out of us. You know, it's not easy to do what we did for 40 minutes and then the, uh, 40, what, what uh, 38 hours later, come back and have to play a team like that going over. But, you know, we, had, we felt like we could win. And looking back at the game now, it's just, I've compartmentalized it here for, since the game's over. We had our opportunities. So many good looks. But um, uh, our kids fought. We got down 21-10. Next thing you know, it's 42-40. So, um, but those, those were two tough, hard-nosed teams. Not, not a lot of teams going to look good offensively against us. Um, and not a lot of teams are going to look great offensively against them. Once again, that was UH head coach Kelvin Sampson there. Day on Dunlap for us uh, on the field reporting after the game. Uh, Justin, we're going to toss it over to you uh, right now because I want to get your thoughts on, on those comments right there. And what Kelvin Sampson said, um, you know, he went into detail of the players that they're going to have coming back. Obviously, of course, we've mentioned the upcoming recruiting class, but they're going to have Jamal Shed back. Jamal Mark is going to come back after uh, the injury that he suffered. Uh, so, Justin, uh, what are your thoughts on those comments by Kelvin Sampson? And uh, how positive he was in terms of the outlook for next season? Yeah, it's going to be very positive, especially with uh, Jamal Mark coming back. He got a second playmaker on the floor with uh, Jamal Shedd, especially when one of those guys goes to the bench, so you have a playmaker on the floor at all times. But, yeah, and on that comment about uh, this, the shots wouldn't fall, yeah, I mean, that's just the kind of night it was and a night where we miss, you know, Marcus Sasser and his shot creation. But, yeah, especially in those final, you know, three, four minutes of the game, Cougars got some good open looks, at least cut it down from three, maybe two. And they just couldn't fall. I mean, it's just one of those nights where shots look good. I had a couple of shots. I would go, you know, three-fourths down the room, and it would come out. But, yeah, I mean, just disappointing on a shooting night. But those nights going to happen. Just unfortunate it was tonight. But just a great outlook on next year, you know, with the recruiting class, players coming in, you know, Tremont Mark coming back, hopefully with Sasser. You know, I see the Cougars coming back right where they are this year and hopefully better. And, I was talking about it earlier about taking over a, an NBA stadium. They have a chance to hopefully maybe fill up NRG Stadium next year with the Final Four in Houston. Yeah, Justin, we like we like your thinking. That's that's true. Justin just mentioned that next year's Final Four will be at NRG Stadium in Houston. Uh, Acting before the before I toss it over to you, 
Um, Justin, you made a great point in terms of um, the the really the outlook that, that Kelvin Sampson has had, and, and Akaba, I'll let you touch on it. I'll let you talk on it as well. But especially um, the rally that Houston made, I think they got down 11. I want to say it was 40 to 29 um, late in that second half. And I remember when, when it got down double digits, I told them, you know, that, that dagger, that might do it. And Houston rallied back, and they cut it to 42-40. They were right there. They were within striking distance. And at the end of the day, they just really could not get over the hump. And what I was going to say is, you know, the old saying when it comes – and it's much more for the NBA, but at the end of the day, basketball is a maker of this sport. And at the end of the day, Houston just could not buy it back, especially when it came to a three-pointer. Um, okay, first, on, on Kelvin's comments and just overall, um, the, the – um, positive outlook that he has on the team coming next year because he did let that. Jamal's just coming back, Jamal Mark's coming back. We're unsure about Marcus after. Uh, he could come back. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see um, how his offseason goes, but that's something to watch. I know we've already touched on the recruiting spot. Yeah, Kelvin Sampson, he touched on it at a post-game. Uh, Deion Dunlap, he had the uh, scoop on that, the video uh, that we just played. And he said, he said, we're going to be back. He also said, we're going to be back. And, like, I, well, I totally trust, you know, Kelvin Sampson as a leader of this program. And if you look at where we, where we made it, you know, as a group this year, Elite Eight, many of us thought once we lost Marcus Sasser, once we lost Mark, we thought, hey, even making a tournament would be impressive. And it, just what they did, that's why I have no disappointment and how they even played today. They, they didn't play their best basketball, obviously, but there was nothing to be disappointed. This is Villanova, a, a, almost a blue blood program. They were able to, you know, have their way against Houston, obviously. Could Houston have played better? Of course they could have. But I felt like a lot of the – they just didn't – I would have been more upset had we had open shots and had we missed those than the way they were playing today because it was just – Whatever credit to Villanova, whatever they they could they didn't give us an easy basket at all. I think in the second half there were a few open buckets when Houston made that. I, I believe it was eleven to two run because they were down forty to twenty nine. Um, even then, I was believing the team, thinking anytime we could go on a run because that's what Houston does—they go on runs. And we spoke about this earlier in the in the in the postseason that the statistics show that Houston is one of the best teams at making runs and holding their opponents, um, stopping opponents' runs as well. And, yeah, like, Kelvin Sampson, like you said, this team is going to – they're going to be back. They're going to have better recruits. They hopefully – they're definitely going to uh, bring Jamal Shev from all indications. Um, and then maybe even Sasser. We don't know. I'm sure Sasser is going to test out the draft. Uh, he's he's going to be a highly sought-out player most likely. But in my opinion, him being a, um, a junior right now, um, it, it probably would be in his best personal interest to test it out, to maybe go for the draft, because he was going to be a, a high second-round um, draft pick looking at um, a lot of these uh, mock drafts earlier in the season when he was balling out, almost averaging 20 points a game. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but very positive outlook for this team on the program. Justin, we're tossing it over to you because I want to get your thoughts on uh... In your opinion, do you feel that Marcus Sasser should come back? Um, and now this is um, University of the Unbiased in terms of, uh, yes, he should be back because it's the best for the University of Houston, of course. But 
But if you were in Marcus Sasser's shoes, uh, what do you feel would be best for him? Would, would uh, returning for um, a third season, especially under the circumstances, because Calvin Sampson mentioned it, and, and, and Justin, we're going to put it back up because I'm, I'm speaking too much. But uh, Calvin Sampson mentioned it, uh, that the year that Marcus Sasser was having, I mean, he was on pace. Quinn Browns had a good year for Houston last week, and Marcus Sasser was on pace to surpass that, especially when it comes to three-pointers made. Uh, I think he had gotten into the 40s um, through just during non-conference play. And uh, it took a while before anyone else in the American Athletic Conference surpassed that. Um, so he was on his way to put together a good season. Now that injury leaves a bitter taste in the mouth, and it certainly does a, a big what if for this Houston team that's going to be um, – that's always going to be uh, interesting. Um, but I think he's going to have a tough decision. It might not necessarily be as – as a clear cut as it may be. And Justin, as we toss it over to you, what say you? What do you think? I think I remember in one of our podcasts earlier in the year, I think it's at the beginning of the season, I think Sasser was projected as a second round pick, probably a late second rounder. But I think he should come back and you know, that'll help raise the stock for sure. But I, if I was in the shoes, I'd definitely say, you know, run it back. I mean, we're this close to the championship, you know, without him this season and with the team coming in this with the team next season and the recruits coming in, you know, Jamal Mark, Jamal Shed sharing the floor, I would say, you know, definitely come back. It would definitely uh, propel this team next season, next season, have them back for sure. I mean, especially with this shooting, missing some games this year, and especially, you know, tonight, just to have him, you know, on the floor, I mean, it, it would be electric. I agree. And um, it'll be a touch of fame to see John Mendes, what he said. He says, you know, if Sasser comes back, he would be a first-round draft pick, to be quite honest. I think he, he could build up a resume out of barring health and he can put together a full season. I think he'd be able to become a lottery pick, you know, borderline lottery pick, around the mid-first-round pick. I think if he comes back, has a full season, he could that could be his ceiling. Now, I will say this. I think he's at a point where he's good enough to play professionally regardless. Now, will that be – if you were to enter in the NBA draft this year, would that be second round pick or could that be uh, possibly having to go through the G League route or, or overseas route? Because I think he certainly has the time to be a first round. It'll be interesting to see um, what scouts think of him and also what teams think of it because he has the NBA skills. He has the three-point shot. He has the ability to, to create off the dribble when he needs to. And obviously, of course, his defense is at a high level. Uh, Akim, what say you? What do you think, uh, if he were to depend on that, what Marcus Sasser go? And um, do you think that he could get up to that mid-first-round draft pick um, scenario if he were to come back for third season? Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I don't disagree with you much. You know, I, I probably have never disagreed with you, but I think this is my opinion. You can take it for what it is, but... I don't think it improves his draft stock, you know, by much if he stays for another year. Um, just following the NBA for so long, and especially going through a, a team like Houston, the Houston Rockets, how they have their their issues right now, and how they're in a lottery position. Some would say probably uh, they're on for on track to, you know, be a top four pick this year. Um, in, uh, to, yeah, but to get to back back to the point. NBA teams, they, they like youth more. And the fact that he has really only played two and a half seasons um, in college, I think that um, I would say that attracts a lot of 
underachieving. Less, you know, less time under his miles in terms of, you know, he can still be developed. The guys can be developed more when they're a pro versus in college. They got to go through school. There's a lot, a lot of hectic traveling. The schedules are not the best, you know, with um, with college basketball. So I'll, I will uh, respectfully disagree, Andy, with that. Uh, I, I don't think it will – right now he would have been a second-rounder had he finished out the season. I would say a high second-rounder at that, maybe a low first-round pick. Um, but I I don't think that Sassler's team an extra year is going to help him professionally, you know, at the next level. If he stays another year, maybe he'll improve his draft, draft stock by a little bit more, but – He's going to be another year older. Um, NBA teams, for whatever reason, I, I feel like teams should look at more experienced players. But for whatever reason, the NBA is more attracted to youth and more attracted to um, potential. So I don't think Marcus Sasser, him staying an extra year, is going to tremendously improve his draft stock. However, it would be nice if he ran it back with the Houston Cougars. He would definitely be able to do something special with you. All right, Justin, we're going to toss it over to you again. Would you agree? And, and Akib's assessment, by the way, you had a great point, Akib. I, I completely um, I respect your opinion. And, and I can see that, especially in terms of, like you mentioned, when it comes to the NBA, uh, youth is key and potential. That's one of the reasons why Chet Holmgren is, is projected to, for some instances, maybe even be a number one overall pick. Not necessarily what he is now, but what he can be with his wingspan, with his length, and really with his ability to react on defense and, and the potential he's shown in flashes. Uh, Justin, we're going to toss it over to you. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that, especially with if uh, he performs well, you know, for the draft workouts and he can see some stock getting drafted or, you know, signing with the team. And, you know, absolutely, he'll probably definitely go to the NBA. But, you know, just, just my opinion. I would, I would love to see him back, try to make another run with this team coming in the next year. I mean, it would definitely help spreading the floor, three-point shooting. But, you know, if he goes, he goes. And, you know, that'll be good for him. For sure. And as we uh, begin to wind things down, um, and there's going to be a question for, for around the panel, and, and Justin, I'll let you go first. But when you think about the 21-22 Houston season, if you could use just one word, um, what what would it be best to describe? And, and for those listening, um, oh, if he came in with the fire, sorry, this, this, we got to put this up because um, this this might also be an open debate. Marcus Sassa greater than Quentin Grimes. Hey, Effie, uh, I think certainly with the season that he was having and he potentially could have had, uh, Marcus has been on his pace to have a much better season than, than – not much better, but he was on pace to have a better season than Quentin Grimes did last year. And obviously, of course, Quentin Grimes ended up on, on the first round, um, 25th, uh, the Clippers, which was then traded to, to the Knicks. But, um, Justin, back to the round table for, for everyone. And, Justin, I'll let you go first. What is one word that you you could – would feel would best summarize the season for Houston – um, and just what they were able to accomplish. Man, uh, trying to think of a word for that, but just uh, just incredible, man. I mean, it's just a, been an incredible season. You know, losing both Sasser and Mark beginning of the year and just be able to do what they do, what Samson has done this season. You know, I didn't think, you know, they, I thought they would barely scratch the tournament, even 
you know, maybe win the conference, but to go all the way to the Elite Eight, just just incredible. Yeah, for sure. And it, I feel if I would to were to pick a word, it would be resilient. I think resilience would be the perfect word to, to encapsulate with U of H just in terms of everything they were able to, to overcome. Obviously, I mean, we keep going back to the story of the season as they lost Marcus Sasser. Uh, they lost Jamon Mark, but to be quite frank, Jamon Mark was never 100% from the get-go. Um, it was something that he was being bothered with that shoulder injury from, from the start, and then he had other injuries um, as the season progressed, and then they, they had to shut him down. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes back, um, hopefully healthy and, and ready to go for his third year at U of H. Um, but that, that's the word I would choose. And they showed it even in this game against Villanova. One with the run when, when middle and over was able to go up double digits and to cut it to two. But even then, the very end, when it was clear that middle and was going to win, Houston forced the turnover. They forced middle and on the full court press to turn the ball over. They got another shot. They got a three from Kyler. He missed. They got the offensive rebound, kicked it back out to Tajay, and he got the last shot. And that's how the season ended for Houston. And I, I think that's, uh, that's why resilience is the perfect word. I could, uh, what say you? Something, um, yeah, I was going to say perseverance. Uh, so something very similar to Um They just, even when, so when they had lost, so just to recap, just a little bit, they had lost Marcus Saxon, they lost Jamon Mark almost within the same day or two, I believe. Um, and then they, after even after that, they started uh, American Conference play. They, uh, they, they went on a, a tremendous run. I believe it was a nine-game um a win streak, and then they lost a couple of games within a span of a week or two. They had lost to SMU. They also had lost twice uh, to Memphis. So, and then after all that, they go they go through the uh, American Conference tournament. They I think they win almost every game by double digits. If I'm not uh, if I'm not mistaken, they beat Memphis um, pretty decisively in the finals, who they had lost to twice. So that's definitely that's where the perseverance kicks in, and then they go through the um, NCAA tournament, and they they easily beat UAB. I would say they take down Illinois pretty pretty handily, and then um, they beat they beat um, after that after they had played Illinois, they played Arizona, who are the Pac-12 champs, and then they go through this. They play Villanova, and even today you saw the perseverance. You saw. When they were down forty to twenty nine, they made an a they made an eleven to two run, and at that point I almost thought that you know Cougar fans should have believed that, and I wouldn't have blamed them if they believed that UH was gonna win win that game because the the momentum was shifting in their favor. But yeah, that's all I would I would say is perseverance. I would agree, and I think this is a good point brought up by FP. You know, I think Marcus Sasser. Um, his injury really allowed Jamal Shett to grow and and honestly become you know, that, that uh, NBA potential point guard at, at how high of a level he's able to play. And just being able to watch him up close in this game, you could tell, I believe it was Josh Carlton or, or Jawan Roberts, Jawan Roberts, um, where he looked off the Villanova defender, um, whichever the big was, I can't remember who exactly it was. They were wide open in the paint. 
but he made sure that he would set up a perfect pass where they'd just be able to go up and dunk it by literally looking the defender away and throwing a bullet pass um, to the big, which led to, to easy slam. He did a good job being able to set up um, the bigs a couple of times in this game. But on that note, uh, for the final time this season, we will have via the yet-to-be-sponsored hotline. Hopefully, we'll get it. By the way, we thank you, everyone, for joining us that, that is viewing. Uh, we, we apologize if the, the background noise is too much. We are live. We are in San Antonio. And we're trying to make this um, as big as it can go. So we have the yet-to-be-sponsored hotline. One more time. Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Chris, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, good job with the noise. A note for, for the future. This is all a learning experience in these last, what, five, six shows. Just go with, uh, got to get some headphones, noise-canceling headphones for the future. Get a sponsor for that, too. These headphones are brought to you by Company X. But that that's fine. You know, learning experience, that's what this is all about. Kudos to the team. You know, as Coach Sampson said after the game in the, in the press conference, if you would have told them, told him, that you would hold Villanova to 28% shooting, 23% shooting from the three, and lose, he would not have believed you. I don't believe anybody would, would have thought that Houston would lose a game like that when Villanova shoots less than 30%. But that's what happened. The Cougs just cannot make a three-pointer. They made one out of 23s today. That's one of those days. It's, it's, that's a part of the March Madness. He's one and done. You have one bad game shooting, and your season can end. Whereas, you know, if you got a playoff, you get another chance tomorrow. But that's not the case in the tournament. So I think I'm going to answer Fred Wright's question here. Uh, all signs point to, to uh, Kyler Edwards leaving because he was part of the graduation ceremony. So, yeah, I think Kyler's, Kyler's not coming back. That's why Reggie Cheney was not part of the ceremony because he, he is expected back with the team. And now the team, fans, supporters, wait for transfer portal news. And there will be some coming. And I'll just leave it at that. That right there, Chris, is what we call a tease. And um, I don't know what spooky you got, Chris, but uh, UH fans, like Chris said, um, you guys should be um, on standby because, like, I mean, going along the transfers, that that's a big, um, honestly, recruiting tool now that the top teams of the nation have to utilize. And we saw what Houston was able to do in the transfer portal this year. They brought Tajay Moore. They brought Josh Carlton, they brought Kyler Edwards. All three players were key uh, throughout this run, and we mentioned it throughout. Um, really, uh, the, the, what really made this team um, gave them that extra oomph to be able to, to honestly be a national championship contender was Kyler Edwards and Deshaun Mason. We saw it throughout the tournament from um, the second round game in the American Athletic Conference tournament, throughout the NCAA tournament, until this game. He was making multiple threes a game, and then this game... Uh, he was unable to do that, and Houston comfort, especially offensively, they, they didn't have that extra uh, layer, and, and we saw them struggle. And I think um, that was key, but for the whole season, you saw guys, Tajay Moore, Tyler Edwards, Josh Carlson, not only all play big roles, but embrace the culture. And, and that's key right there. Um, actually, I'll, I'll toss it over to you if, if there's anything you'd like to add in terms of what, what, how big the transfer were for this season. And going forward, like Chris said, how key is going to be for Houston next season? Because we know the recruiting class, but that you can't have a young team like um, 
even if they're high on five stars and expect to go in a deep run because they're young and they have to go through the growing pain. You need to have some better leadership to be able to guide uh, that stuff. Yeah, and uh, and I agree. And then Kelvin Sampson touched up on this, actually. Um, I believe uh, this was in the uh, uh, the, the, post, the, press, the press conference, the pre-press conference to the Elite Eight. He had mentioned that we don't recruit guys like the top team, like Villanova, like Duke, like North Carolina. We don't recruit guys like that. He said we ha- they have a whole – Coach Sampson has a whole different – a line of thinking when it comes to recruiting. And as evident as we saw from this team, three out of five of our, our current starters, they were all from the transfer portal. Josh Carlton, Kazay Moore, and of course, Tyler Edwards. And we saw how big of an impact Tyler Edwards made. Up until this game, he was averaging, I believe, 19.6, some, uh, close to 20 points a game he had been averaging. So that shows you and this is speaking to um, any um, transfers that are listening to this um, this live show right now. You will, if you work hard enough, you will get a chance. Even coming in new as a senior, maybe, or even a 50 senior like Josh Carlson, you will get the opportunity that Kelvin Sampson provides if you play hard, um, if you obviously hit shot, big shots, um, play defense first, first and foremost. We saw Ramon Walker, who is just a freshman, play so many minutes just because of the hustle. Now, he wasn't hit. I think he only shoots about 30-something percent from the field, but that doesn't matter to Coach Sampson. As long as you die for balls, you take charges, you you know, you know play defense to the best of your ability, you're going to play games, and it doesn't matter whether you're a freshman or a fifth-year transfer senior, um, you're going to get that shining moment with the Houston Cougars. Akib, you, you mentioned one shining moment, or you mentioned shining moment, one shining moment. Um, that's going to be interesting to see um, how Houston featured. But obviously, of course, Chris, you, you were uh, part of the Zoom calls um, with Kelvin Sampson's post-game availability. Um, what stood out from Kelvin Sampson and what he told reporters post-game? The comment, his closing comment was, was the most telling because he also credited the fans for their support. And he said, Coach Sampson said that the growth in the fan support from 2014 uh, replicates the growth of the basketball program. So because when Coach Sampson first arrived, there was not a lot of fan support. But now look at it. You had so many Cougar fans inside AT&T Center in San Antonio made the trip, made the drive 200 miles to go support the Cougs. So that's a great foundation. That's a great sign of support. And the last thing he said, he thanked the fans for their support. He thanked everyone who's been with the team, thick and thin. And he said, we will be back. And I have no doubt about that. The Cougs will be back. Now, Chris, we know um, you talked about the recruiting class next season. You mentioned a possibility about transfers, uh, the returning players. Uh, coming back uh, with Jamal, Taman, um, uh, a couple questions for you. One, and I think it's going to be fair to say, next year's team coming in, they're certainly going to be more talented, at least when you look at stars and, and accomplishments, what they've already done, uh, than this team. And I, I'll let you correct me if, if you think otherwise. That doesn't mean that they're going to get to the Elite Eight again or the Final Four. 
Um, but two, um, and what you touched on with the, the people that were here, I think it, it's what uh, Calvin Sampson said before, I believe they were leading up to the lead eight, but just what you've been able to build in Houston is, uh, to be quite honest, uh, amazing in terms of where the program was when he first joined. Obviously, we've mentioned it before, the word Kelvin likes to use was apathy with the, with the program. And at this point, they're about to get set, uh, whether it's a year removed when they join the Big 12. Um, obviously, of course, Houston is aiming for 2023. But they're really positioned. To, uh, I know when you think of Houston, you don't think of blue blood. But they might be positioned for long-term success, which is the key right there. Um, especially for, for any program that's in front of a good coach, long-term success. And I think Elvin Sampson has been able to do that. What say you, Chris? Agreed, Andy. Uh, coach Sampson and the staff have built this team with the foundation, with the program, brick by brick, to maintain long-term success. And star-wise, next year's team will be more talented. It remains to be seen if they will be as successful, if they will have the chemistry. One thing, the culture won't change. It'll be up to the incoming players to adjust to the culture as soon as possible. Jarris Walker, I think, will get here around May or June. Emmanuel Sharp is already here. So uh, a man, Terrence Arsenal, is right down on I-10. He'll be here soon as well to learn the culture quickly. And then the transfer news will come in as well. So talent-wise, next year team will be talented. I'm not going to get into it, and I don't expect this team, nor should any fan really, expect the team to go undefeated. That's hard to do. Luck is involved in that. Injuries is part of that. Matchups is part of all of that. But this team will be in the tournament again next year, barring major injuries to a lot of players. So that right there is establishing how this program has been built. Next year's team, every team that Coach Sampson has now U of H is expected to be in the NCAA tournament. It's just a question of how far they advance. One of these years, they're going to have a great chance to get six wins. Six wins means a national championship. Next year's team will have more talent. We'll see if they have all the pieces, inside, outside. They do have another long run in the tournament next year. And I'm kind of curious to see how many fans will be late arriving to games next year, guys. You know, will we have them arrive 50 minutes before tip-off rather than 50 minutes after tip-off? Because Houston Cougars men's basketball is the hot ticket in H-Town. And on that note, Chris, we are about to wrap things up. So we appreciate you, of course, for hopping on. As always, Justin, we're going to talk to over you this in a second. We appreciate you being able to hop on. But most importantly, we appreciate all the viewers for all this season. I know uh, I'm certainly not uh, an excited crowd in terms of Houston going to back-to-back Final Fours. Uh, but certainly uh, getting to the end of the day, getting to this point, and just at the end of the day being – multiple, what, three, four shots away from advancing to the Final Four. That's that's really how close this team was from doing something that hadn't been done in school history only once going back to the 80s um, in those five time jammer teams. That's certainly a testament to what, like we've said multiple times, what Kelvin sometimes has been able to build. Uh, but on that note, we'll talk it over to Justin Barbosa. Once again, thank you for joining us. Where can people find you on the internet, sir? Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. As I'm Justin Barbosa. You can find me on Twitter at jbarbosapxp as I'm a play-by-play announcer for high school sports around the Houston area. Also been doing play-by-play for Prairie View A&M for basketball and baseball. And also a proud and also a sad Houston alum tonight, but proud of this team and go Cougs.
Chris, uh, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter right there, you see, at VHR Review. Also, of course, HoustonRoundBarReview.com, the website, Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube, where you can test this show. Going forward, I'm going to have the football postgame shows on the channel as well. I'm branching out at the channel. Um, Houston Round Bar Review also on Instagram. So thank you very much, Andy, for making this happen. Thank you for the location for where you guys did short notice to, to get it done. So bigger and brighter things are ahead for this Less Rage Cubes going forward. And also for people tuning in, Andy and I have some other things worked out in the pipeline for you as well for content on another outlet. So let's keep keeping up with us, following us on Twitter as well. So guys, this is, this is a blast. Season did not end the way we wanted it to, but brighter days are ahead for the Houston Cougars men's basketball program. And on that note, once again, we'd like to thank all the viewers. I can thank you for joining us here on this live location. Thank you once again. Our tenth owner of location is sitting just off screen. Uh, we appreciate, once again, the Ice House, the East Ice House. I'm, I'm butchering the, the restaurant name, but for allowing us to use this space in San Antonio, this is thrown throw away from the Alamo Dome, send them away from h and Center. Uh, thank you all for joining us, and we will be back. Let's wait for to take a break. We'll be back for the football season starting in September, um, and that's going to be big for the program coming off the heels of the 12 and 2 season. Obviously, of course, follow me on Twitter. I can't I'll talk it over to you because I haven't let you plug, sir. So, where can people find you? Yeah, it's uh, at, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter for, for the final time of the season at H-U-I-B-M-G-A-G-I. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, I cover um, I cover UFC, cover MMA, and then, of course, Houston Sports and get, um, with uh, the Rockets and also with the Houston Cougars. And on that note, people can find me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five. We'll see you for football season, but be sure to follow us. Our personal Twitter, like Chris Gardner said, he he has some exciting teasers that he that is going to be coming for the UH in terms of transfers. Even though it's the off season, it's never really the off season. There's always news breaking. I'm sure there's going to be something that that pops up. To be quite frank, within the next few days or weeks, it always seems like news is popping up with programs. But we will be back. For the football season, we thank you for all that grew. Each show saw an improvement in viewers and saw growth. I think we capped off at um, over 1,200 views just on Twitter alone. Um, and then I know Chris with YouTube, I think the last time I checked, it was consistently getting over, uh, I want to say 400, but our previous show that we got, at least at that same like we said, short notice, we started after the American Athletic Conference or during the American Athletic Conference. So it was good run. We'll be back football season. We thank you all that joined us and